G'day guys, welcome back to Beers and Breakevens, our third episode for 2023. We're going to get stuck into some positional analysis today and for the next two weeks. Very exciting, we're going to go through fullbacks and hookers today, uh, two pretty premium spots, plenty to dive into. Brought to you once again by Blue Wealth Property, Tony and the team, they make investing in property easy for you. Reach out to them on all your social medias or get in contact with myself or Timmy and we can send you in the right direction. Also brought to you by Bloke in a Bar. Now, remember, Kempi is going huge fucking overs for all of you. February 1st, he has got a 50% off sale for 50 hours, everything in store, and a couple of new shirts there. So plenty, plenty to go there, isn't there, Timmy? It is fucking unreal on Bloke in a Bar. Mate, I've had the uh, the alarm set for Feb 1st for about two and a half weeks since I heard the sale was coming <laughs> up. So I've had to set aside a bit of budget. I'll be loading up. Love it. Now, on that note, we mentioned it last week. We have had a few uh, people and companies reach out, which has been fantastic. We are still on the hunt for another sponsor or two to join Beers and Breakevens in 2023. So uh, if you or you know someone or your boss or someone uh, you think could be interested in it, send us an email, beersandbreakevens at gmail.com. We'll be going through all of those this week and uh, reaching out to people. So very exciting. A great opportunity for people across the podcast, the YouTube here, obviously. Uh, and social media as well. Big opportunities there. Uh, a heap of views, downloads, everything to be shared around. And, mate, Supercoach, uh, it's been a pretty big week. We always had the rule changes we'll get to soon, but uh, we had a debut last night. We Reminded did, me of yeah. Minicello, 04. 03, just <laughs> quietly. Unbelievable. Mate, SC, the SE Playbook podcast has hit the studio for the first time since... We launched at the, the beginning of 2020, um, a month after launching, COVID hit and the world stopped, which was the NRL stopped for the first time since about World War II, so great timing. And yeah, so to, to fire off in the bloke studio last night, the fod, first podcast was really exciting. Uh, and speaking of that debut, the, the Supercoach Spy, mate, mm. was on deck and we had a reveal of the big fella who the SC Playbook fans would be, uh, know a lot about. So very, very exciting one with that. So we're on YouTube, so if people could jump in and subscribe to the SC Playbook channel, it'll be great. Greatly appreciate it. We'll be doing that every Tuesday. Um, if any of your 800,000 followers could jump on <laughs> and, and give a subscription to, to SC Play, but that'd be really appreciated, mate. And uh, yeah, I think going throughout the season on that channel, we'll have obviously the SC Play, but podcast. Uh, the full beers and break even show will be on your channel. I'll be doing little clip. It's the best bits of that and throwing them on mine. So um, hopefully plenty to offer on that one. Mate, I was sitting here yesterday thinking, geez, I wonder how Tim's going to go being the best looking on the panel. And then the spy <laughs> walked in and I thought, hey, <laughs> he might be in third behind daylight. Not uh, bad, the spy. Mate, I've, uh, I've been sitting in second my whole life and it, it, <laughs> nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you weren't in third. The other one wasn't here. So we'll take that. Um, now, mate, uh, rule changes. Uh, uh, I think it's fair to say that Supercoach is probably leaning towards the more casual player as it stands right now. I understand why they're doing it. Uh, I dropped my thoughts on the Rugby League Guru podcast earlier today, so you're going to have a listen to that if you want. I want to get your thoughts, though. I haven't actually spoken to you about mm. it. What do you reckon? The more I think about it, the more I like it, and uh, the more I think about it, I think we might be making mountains out of molehills. Mm. Three major buy rounds. In those three rounds, the change is that they take your best 13 scoring players from those three weeks. Mate, how many buy rounds have you had more than 13 players? I always plan to. Exactly Never right. do. Yeah. yeah. So I think people are going, oh, you know, it's, 
it brings the, the amateur supercoach into the game and all us diehards who put all the hours into it strategy-wise and the planning for, for origin, uh, we're the ones who lose out. To a small degree, yes, and, and this, the idea is there, obviously, you know, in a really good origin by planning week, if you can get 15 players and 15 decent players, you're like, you're, you're on top of the pack for that week. Uh, and then the average player might have nine or 10 on a good origin week. So what it does is it, it bridges the gap between the best, and we say the best and the worst. There's a, I think there's probably a bit of a difference between the best and the worst. It's the people who put in those big hours like ourselves into it. So at the end of the day, people like ourselves who do put those hours in, we're going to be disadvantaged and overall you're probably dropping a few ranking spots because of that. But at the same time, there's still advantage of getting 14, 15, 16 players on deck that week with good planning because your two, three, four worst players, whatever it might be, they drop out of your team, big advantage. But as far as I'm concerned, mate, we want as many people playing Supercoach as we can get. And the back end of the season, there's a lot of zombie teams because a lot of players, Supercoaches, get to that origin period their teams are decimated, they can't field a team, uh, and they fall behind in the overall rankings a mile, and they become the zombie teams, which we all hate. So as far as I'm concerned, I think it's a proactive move from those at Supercoach HQ to, to get extra numbers for, longer, for the longevity in the season. And uh, my, my early take on it is that, that I like it. There's advantage for players like us, but it does bridge that gap between the people with the time and the people without the time. Yeah, I think the argument that I'm hearing that it, it ruins Supercoach and that there's no advantage for experienced players, bullshit. There oh, is still, there might not be as big advantage, no. but there is still an advantage. And I mean, I look at that round 19. Um, mate, if you're a good Supercoach player, tell me you can't take advantage of a week where Melbourne, Manly, Roosters, Penrith and the Cowboys aren't playing. Exactly. Please. And then there's still... There's still all the strategy around the buyer period of, oh, do I sell off my guns to get an extra um, middle-tier player for this week or the next week? And there's all these same decisions last. And as I said, mate, anyone who gets more than 13 in those weeks anyway, there's every chance they're pulling their side apart, which hurts them long-term anyway. So it might actually help super coaches a little bit, to be honest. And I also think, mate, that with these buys and you know a new club coming into the comp, mm. if they're going to go as poor as we think they're going to go, the extra trades that we've gained in general, I think that's where a lot of your planning has to go in. Yeah, well, what is it? It's four... Obviously, the, the, the game was announced... It launched officially 24 hours ago, a bit over now. Four extra trades. I believe it's five. Five extra five, trades. yeah. So that's for... There's also two additional rounds of the season. So essentially, we've got one more trade. Yeah. So that's where that balances out. But I, I reckon that you can, like... Your, a lot of your buy planning is also just going to be generally throughout the season, which I think you can take a big advantage of at, at different points. I haven't done that, the deep dive into the, the weekly buy schedule and that just yet. Uh, it will be done. We'll be we'll getting into the next couple of weeks. We'll do some feature sort of stuff on the website, but it's so intriguing that the different tactics around, the, the, the weekly buys and not just the origin period buys, isn't it? Because yeah. there'll be big opportunities there. And that's it. Like We sit there and say, all right, you know, the average um, player without the time to put into it, they're advantaged. They've also got to deal with 27 weeks worth of buyers now. Yep. Like, how 100%. many, many double-ups are there going to be there in the middle of the origin period where post-origin, a play, your fullback gets rested, let's say James Tedesco, and on the same week, your backup fullback, whoever it might be, they're on the buy, and someone hasn't planned for that, then they don't have a fullback. Oh. And I mean, I think as well, like as much as it's a little bit easy now, round 16, 
There's seven teams that have the bye. Round 17, there's three teams that have the bye. Round 18, we go back to one, but then round 19, there's another seven teams. Mm. So there's still plenty of planning to be had oh. during that period without a fucking doubt. And if you've got the trade still at that point, I think you can still make some huge moves yep. there. As, mu- as much as other guys might have 13, they probably won't realistically. Yep. I still think there is a heap of ground to be yeah, made. You, you watch Supercoaches get... Get burnt by having two fullbacks out, two five eights out, two halfbacks out, whatever it might be, and having to burn a boost on a week where they didn't want to do it. Yep, um, it's going to be really, really fascinating. And I think it's going to be interesting to see which supercoach players are able to hold their nerve during that period too. When to pull the trigger and when to hold your nerve. It's going to be a real balance. Yeah, when you're sitting there round <laughs> seventeen, do I pull the trigger on Rocco Berry? I almost broke a tackle last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was too real. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, we're going to go through. Is that all on the rules, mate? You happy to? Yeah, that was the only major change that yeah. they made. So, um, and I suppose the other thing to touch on, they have also said that they've started off with fewer. They've taken away a lot of dual positioning to start the season. The logic was that it's a hell of a lot easier to add dual positions as the preseason unfolds rather than take it away once teams are set up. So. I wouldn't panic about players not getting jewels just yet. There'll be a lot added in as the as the preseason unfolds. Yeah, well, maybe sure. not a lot, but enough. Yeah, uh, just on, on on another topic too. As, as you said, you know that you, you now have got that best thirteen. I noticed yesterday in my draft comp, I've added a new rule where you can make that a best six or seven, mm. eight, nine, ten. So normally in a draft comp, yeah, you might right. get lucky and it's ten verse four. All of a sudden now it's you can only be capped at your best seven it's great for draft oh mate it's fucking unreal for draft they've actually credit to supercoach i know everyone gives them a lot of shit and i quite often sometimes think they don't put enough effort into draft some of the options they've provided this Mm -hmm. year are unreal they've definitely leveled up that platform so really really good to see we'll have on the 9th of february trial start that day i'm going to have the weekly rub down boys they're going to be down here at the bar we're doing a big supercoach draft deep dive so stay tuned for that you draft players i can't wait i might sit in the uh the one man audience i think you will be i've got a feeling you might be yeah that's gonna be unreal looking forward to it you haven't met the boys yet have you i haven't i they had me on how long have they been around for? A while. Yeah, they had me on a, a podcast when I first launched SC Playbook and had a good yarn with them and just sunk beers and talked footy. So, I mean, yeah. heaps different what we do here, but <laughs> it, was, it was a good yeah. yarn. Yeah, I don't think they, they liked it too much, but that's I okay. Haven't been, I haven't um, been back, so. <laughs> shock me. Um, all right, mate, fullback. Really interesting position. We spoke about our teams last week. Uh, the guys that we like, I think that we both had the same two mm. as it stands right now. Um, Teddy, you know, a bit of a myth around that he starts slow. Not realistically. He might not be hitting his hundreds in the first four or five weeks over the last few years, but uh, far from starting slow, plays the Dolphins in that first game. Uh, very, very appealing. Has a buy reasonably early, uh, but, but I think Teddy, just a premium player you need to have. Yeah, I, I think so. And the other fact there is that... Um, I I have I hate to say this, but I've got the the lowest of expectations for for the Dolphins this year on the squad yeah. that they've assembled. So I'll be targeting. I mean, things can change very quickly, but the plan will be to target thick matchups against them. And we look at round one. That's traditionally a really probably a low scoring Supercoach round. It has been in the past because teams are dusting off the the cobwebs, finding their feet, getting the combinations going. You know, it can be really hard to get a decent skipper and whatnot. Well, the Roosters against the Dolphins, Teddy, lock and load because, you know, that could be the way he could start with a 150 in that. As well, far as truly. So, 
And there's just big questions. I remember last year we started and we were looking at fullbacks and there were so many great options to go with. This year, there's a few question marks around all of them, yeah. uh, as far as I'm concerned, except Teddy. Teddy's the only one that comes in, and my only question mark would be, coming off World Cup, does he start a little bit underdone? Well, not underdone, but I suppose tied, fatigued. Probably not. It's Teddy, so he is in my side. Oh, I think it will be something that we need to keep track of towards the end of the year, that mm. for a lot of these guys coming off COVID and everything, this will be their biggest season of footy. For guys that played in a World Cup, coming to the NRL, play an Origin Series... Then have to play an extra two rounds. weeks. I think it's something we need to be aware of, especially with these, you know, your 80 metre hookers like Harry Grant, for example. Mm. Like he's in for the biggest 12 months of his career by far yeah. and away. So we'll talk about all that when we get there. My question to you with Teddy, you said all these other guys have got question marks. Is there any question mark over Teddy as far as Joey Manu's role? Are we worried that Manu could steal some points? Off Teddy, now that he's got that role f- fully sorted, I think you're going to see a lot of Joey Manu this year. Not really, mate. I'm, I'm so fascinated to see how the Roosters come mm-hmm. out in round one and how they attack because it's easy to say we've got a, a roaming Joey and, and that's what we all want to see. But when he's roaming and Teddy's roaming, Sammy Walker's flicking both sides of the field. Cheese is going nuts, our dummy half, like... Something has to give, particularly, I think, attacking in the red zone, in, in the other side's 20 metres, attacking the try line, Joey has to hold his shape. Like, he, at times he will roam and come in, but more often than not, because they've got so many tackle members, he's going to have to hold his shape. So where it matters in, that, in the 20 metre zone, I think, Teddy, I'm not concerned. Yeah, but I mean, in saying that, like, he wasn't really holding his shape at the end of last year. Yeah, like, like Suwaliti hardly got any ball in attacking zone because he wasn't holding his shape. Yeah. That, that my my worry is that I think the Roosters are going to be a very good football team. I think they're going to be a lot better than a lot of sides, and I think that Joey Manu in those games where they're going big, I reckon he could be the one that takes a lot of fucking points. Interesting. I'm, oh, I'm not. Oh, so, I'm still going to start with Teddy. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but I think if I have got a question, if there's going to be a reason why in round ten I'm going. Tedesco's been a little bit underwhelming. I think it will be because of Joey Marno. Yeah, I, I think he's going to have to hold shape uh, a bit more than we think. And I'm not too concerned for Teddy. The, the concern is obviously a lot of mouths to feed. Do the points go to Kiri, Walker, Manu, mm. Cheese, all these sorts of blokes. But I'm also backing the Roosters. I, I think they, they're probably my tip to win the Premiership at this early stage. And I think they're just going to massacre a few sides. And even if other players are getting points, I think there'll be enough in it for Teddy. Isn't it going to be scary with this Rooster side when you got Cheese, Manu jumping into dummy half as they do? Like, so they could have sets of six where those two touch the ball and they go 80 metres. Suwali'i. Yeah. Fucked. And Tupu, like, frightening. Especially if Suwali'i is playing left centre, he'll only yeah. be closer to the ruck. It, yeah. Their team's so good. Scary, scary. So, yeah, James Sesco, I believe he's got the buy in round four it is. Uh, there are a couple of guns with buys earlier that we'll talk about over mm. the next two weeks. The buy in round four, is that... Worry you at all, or do you just wear it because he's so good? Just wear it, mate. Uh, it, and they, I think from round three onwards, they do have some tougher games, but I'm happy to basically lock and load Teddy until maybe a sell around Origin, as you said, maybe managing around that time. But yeah, until that point, I'm, I'm pretty happy to lock him in. Yeah. All right. Let's move to our next guy. And we sort of spoke about him last week, and we will kick off with a question here from you guys at Declan Waterhouse. I know Declan, a proud mascot jet. Do you suggest starting with Tom Trevojevic or trade him in later? We're both under the understanding, or we believe, that we won't see Turbo round one. 
They have the buy round two. I think you'll see him in round three. Is there a world where you start with Turbo if he's not there round one, or do you wait until later? I don't think so. Especially there's, like, two rounds is a long time early in the season. It's a long time at fullback. Yeah, the the thing is, he's priced at, just how the Roosters have got the buy round three or four? Four. Penrith have got it three. Okay. Um... No, I couldn't start with him if he doesn't. Two weeks there, it's such an integral position, probably the highest scoring supercoach position in recent seasons. So if you do start with him, that's a high scoring position that you know you, you could have a Latrell Mitchell or Scott Drinker or someone there. So, um, no. Nah. I think the talent in the position dictates that you can't wait your first two weeks. Mm. He's going to, you know, and for all you know, you don't know how Manly and Turbo are going to play either. It, and that, that's it. What's not to say that if they can't say, look, he'll be back round three, um, so we're going to sit in the first week one, buy round two, there's no guarantee that he plays round three. Does he come back at centre for the first month? Do they say, mate, just sit at centre and hold your position and, and just get some Ks in the legs? Uh, no. But if he's there round one at the price, I'm starting it's hard to turn down, isn't yeah. it? Very, very hard to turn down. Um, Latrell Mitchell got him in the gun category, 889,000. Uh, absolutely fucked us sideways last year. Oh. We sat here and... Uh, <laughs> cried into our bloke tears. Oh, we just tried to pretend like it wasn't happening. It was crazy and it cost us... Uh, I mean, all things... Considering neither of us ever owned Latrell, I think we did pretty well considering how fucking good he went. Yeah. It's scary to think where we could have ended up if we just would have bit the bullet. Don't wonder. Don't wonder. Just move on, mate. That's what I do. Uh, But, yeah, an 85-point average last year. Uh, I look at Latrell. He's got a really tough start with people keep keep talking about, but uh, we also sat here for the last 10 weeks going, well, fuck, he's match-proof. He's he's match-up proof. What I mean... He was just in such good form last year. And for me, I look at Latrell and I go, you know, I look at what he did last season. Um, and I think he didn't have a full preseason. He spent half the season in America this year. He's been back at training for a couple of weeks. I think he looks fitter than what he ever has in a preseason at the moment. Uh, we'll get to see him in the All-Stars game as well, which I can't wait for. Latrell Mitchell with a full preseason. And I feel like, mate, the penny dropped for Latrell last year when he realised the influence he can have and just how fucking good he can be. It's a scary prospect. Yeah, I think the difference this year around that draw, there's a couple. And when we're looking at his buy credentials for round one is that he was early 600K to start last, when he came back from injury last season. So he started the 720, got down to as low as 610K. He lingered around that 600K for three weeks and just went bonkers against tough opposition. Um, saying that, Round 24 against the Cowboys, 76. Round 25 against the Roosters, 45. So he starts this year at almost 900K. He's not 600K. Um, If he was 600K with that draw, I'd be like, sweet. We'll lock him in. But you're paying a lot for him. Coming up against the Sharks, Panthers, Roosters, Seagulls, Storm. Like, it's almost the five hardest games you could get to start the season my other concern is even if he does come in fit we'll get one of the stat gurus out there maybe maybe Adam DeRussi in the next week or two to have a look at the the stats around Supercoach scoring the first three to five rounds of the season because my feeling is that it's always traditionally low scoring 
teams, as I said, they blow the cobwebs out. They find combinations. Teams are out there. They're full strength. They're fit. They're ready to go. It's all about defense. Yeah, de- spoken defense, about defense, defense for six defense, months. Defense. Yeah. And that's the thing. It doesn't seem to open up till maybe round five onwards. So I just don't like the softer teams in the competition. As I said, I'm going to exclude the Dolphins, but that we've seen in the past early on, the Tigers, maybe Warriors, Bulldogs, etc. I just think that the, the defence will be up early in the season. And then I don't think we're going to see the, probably the big blowouts until, you know, re- round six, seven, eight onwards. So I said, we'll dig up some data around that in coming weeks. But for that reason, I don't think Luttrell's going to have his blowout against an understrength Warriors team in round 23 where he puts 150 on them. I might be wrong, but I'm willing to go against him. And I mean, every year you do see, you know, one or two, like take the Newcastle Knights, for example, mm. last year, we're sitting here in round two going, they might be premiership contenders. Round five, we're going, no, they're fucked again. Yeah. Like it all changes very, very quickly. I, I agree with you about the start. Um, anything else on Latrell Mitchell, mate? Uh, not really, mate. As I said, we, we were burnt by going against him with his draw last season. So it'll be – there is an argument for him to, to go as a pod player then because we know how good he is. If he does start on fire and just destroy sides and he's he goes in excess of a million dollars, he might be the one that got away very early on. But I'll be going against him at this stage. So we're doubting Latrell Mitchell again, I know, eh? I know. It's going to be a long pre-season thinking about oh, it. Oh, there'll be some big beers and break-evens fans shaking their head at the moment. Uh, mate, another guy that has slipped into the gun category this year, my boy, Scotty Drink bloke. Absolutely loved him last year. <laughs> He's got a fantastic start this season. Uh, the Cowboys draw is sensational. Uh, I love that there's no Hamiso there anymore, so I'm not panicked in the slightest about him losing that role at fullback. Uh, he's a great pod to start with. As we said, there is so much talent in this fullback role. I, I do worry that if Latrell Mitchell plays 80%, does that maybe beat Scott Drinkwaters 100%? Mm. Same as James Tedesco, these sort of guys. But with that draw, if you believe the Cowboys are going to be the same side, I think we said a few weeks ago they leave North, they leave Queensland once in the first five weeks. Um, it's going to be hot, hot weather up there. Drink, he's going to be used to it. Other blokes, other teams coming up there. It could be a big start for him. 71 average last season. Where do you sit on Drinky, mate? It's interesting because if Tommy Turbo doesn't play into round three, mm. and let's say we're all starting with Teddy, I don't think there's a standout candidate as second fullback. And we've also said five minutes ago that it's such a key position for players with high ceilings. Yep. So it's a position you're happy to pay up for early on. So where does Drinky come in that mix? The first two games of the season, hardly bad, but Raiders and Broncos could be defensive grinds. Cowboys could come out and belt them both. Who knows? Then it goes into Warriors, Titans, Bulldogs, Dolphins, Warriors. Like it, and then Knights. It's a hell of a draw. Uh, I mean, in saying that, like your, your Canberra Raiders, traditionally, they don't tend to hit form until yeah, mid-season yeah. sort of parts. Going up to North Queensland is going to be a tough, tough fucking gig. Brisbane Broncos, is that game in Brisbane or not? It's at Brisbane. Brisbane, yeah. So you got to remember the week before that, they're going to play the Panthers round one at Bluebet. So that's going to be a bruising affair too. So yeah, you're right. Those first two matchups aren't perfect. But but the conditions and everything, I think it's very... They're not Panthers like. Yeah, and I, I, think it, I think the situationally, I think it just favours the Cowboys. So, yeah... I don't mind Drinky for that reason. He's priced on a 71-point average, which is, look, if I was guessing what he would average this season, I would say 70 to 75. So I think he's priced around about his true value. 
But the point is, you know, you could play in those first seven rounds and then when the draw gets harder, you could flip him to a, hopefully, Latrell Mitchell who may have lost 150k. And that's where, when you when you look at uh, drink water, he's, he's about 150k on the dot cheaper than Latrell Mitchell. Yeah. So it's a it could hopefully be almost. Well, you could hopefully make money off it after about six seven rounds. Hopefully, yeah. So I don't mind him, but uh, just big one on the watch list for the time being. Yep, agreed. Uh, let's have a look at some mid range sort of guys, and one of them is AJ Brimson. He is dual position. Uh, I would tend to think that if you're going to start with AJ, you'd probably start with him at 5'8". But people are considering him at fullback, 673K, a 64 average last year. It sounds like he could be playing fullback. Uh, We've seen Justin Holbrook come out in the last 24 hours and say nothing set in stone. Um, I question whether that's just damage control, to be honest with you. I don't know why Pete Bedell would make up that. Yeah. He's got runs on the board, Holbrook, for making decisions way too early. Did it last season, so I question that. I tend to think Brimson probably will be in the one to start the season. Uh, I went back to his games last year uh, when playing fullback in 2022, 52-point average, so 12 less than his, what he's priced at. You beat me to it, you bastard. I, I did that Have you that got stat, his? Tw- yeah. I did that exact stat this morning. I was very happy with it. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> well, well uh, I had 53, so... Uh, 53, yeah. Carry the one. Um, in 2021, uh, he I had a 61. Well. Yeah, that one as well. What'd you have there? 61. Yeah, I had 61 too. Yeah. Well done. You got that one. 61 oh. average at fullback. Um, still below what he's priced at, mate. Yes, I think the Titans improve, but how much do they improve? I don't know. You've taken the wind out of my sails. I'm sorry about that. Um, Not really. Yeah, good to see you learning at least. <laughs> You're starting to put a bit of effort into this show. so um, It's a good stat though. It, because it's significantly below his 64 average last season. And obviously, if it was 53 in seven games last year and he was 64 average for the season, well, at, at 5.8, he must have averaged onwards of 70. So, yeah, it's, it's a big deterrent. He starts the season with games against the Tigers and Dragons, both away, not ideal, but good matchups, into the Storm, Cowboys, and Bye. So, uh, I don't know. I, I just want to see more. I want to see what the Titans can produce. If if I if I had a lot of confidence in the Titans to, to come out and be a vastly improved side, I'd be like, all right, Brumo can benefit off the back of that. But on those fullback stats and just a few question marks around them, uh, I think we can avoid at this stage. But I can I can see the pod play there. Uh, for me, if I'm looking for a mid-range sort of pod there, I think I would be more than happy to take a punt 140k less and look at Kalen Ponga mate finished last year with a 50 point average that's where he's priced uh, he's obviously got the calf injury to start this preseason uh, we've got the all-stars in two weeks looks like he will miss out on that game uh, I'm hoping he's there round one Newcastle have a have a pretty nice start to the season good matchups the first game to be fair is against the Warriors which I like but it is in New Zealand so that'll be a big game for Warriors returning home, yeah. all the shit fights over. So I'm sure they'll be up for that one. But, mate, KP with a 50-point average, um, it's the first time in five years he's averaged under 68. So, and I just, I, I think Hastings and Adam Elliott will be fantastic for KP. Whether he's playing 5'8 or fullback, he's going to play both sides of the ruck. So I think it'll be a similar sort of fullback role. Um, I would much prefer KP over Brimson. But... Brimson, much more likely to be conscious, uninjured, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, KP, to show my sort of the upside in KP, 
he cost me quite uh, oh, infamously. Go, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, well, the point is he cost me a lot of spots last season over the trail, that decision when he got knocked out. But I would still go back to him this year at the price because he's yeah. so cheap. If I knew he was fit. Like, let's say he doesn't play pre-season, which at this stage looks likely. Calf injury, is it? So Calf, yeah. Um, always a little bit touch and go. Those ones can flare up at any time. So if he wasn't injured and he played pre-season, I would lock him in at that price. If he um, if he's named for round one and we get word that he's goal-kicking, um, I will have him in my side. Will. I, I will take a punt on him, yeah. If he's there round one and he's goal-kicking at... 530k, I will take a punt on him. I won't take a punt on him at fullback, to be fair. I think it's fair to assume he will have 5'8 by the time the season comes around. Uh, O'Brien's already come out and said that he's going to be playing six. We've been talking about it for a while. He'll be named at six round one. So I would assume that he will be fullback 5'8. Yeah. So I would be seriously considering him at 5'8. So let, let's say he and Tommy Turbo named for round one. You've got them both at 5'8 and fullback. Would you be a little bit nervous? Sorry, I had another asterisk on that. Well, that, that's assuming Turbo's not there round one. I'd be shocked if Turbo plays yeah. round one. Um, yeah, I look, I can see my arm being twisted in, in the next five, six weeks, but, oh, God, he's, he's going down a lot. Sorry, of even if Turbo's playing, I would have KP at six. Mm. So yeah. if okay. there's a world where I could get KP and Turbo yeah. and spend a million dollars to get both of them, sweat. Yeah. He's a great price. Oh, mate, unreal price. <laughs> Absolutely unreal. And, like, last year was a shit fight for him. This year could be as well, but I don't know. I, I, I think Newcastle are going to do a little bit better than what people are anticipating. Just quickly on Tommy Turbo. Average 61 last season, but because he only played a handful of games, he's priced on an average of 55 points. Yeah. Um, and so the way I worked that out, for anyone who's sort of thinking similar, it's a, it's a big part of my sort of pre-season planning for these blokes, and we'll, we'll do it shortly with Josh Hodgson as well. But when you work out what average are they priced on. Basically, I just look at what they're priced at this year, a player around them who's a similar price. Uh, I can't remember who it was around him. It might have been Murray Tower-Lungy or someone. And then you go, you look at what Tower-Lungy averaged last year, which must have been 55. I'll double-check that it was Tower-Lungy. There, there, there's a, if you just take their price, yep. you divide it by 10,500, that'll give you their average. From last season? Yep. No, no, sorry, that's what they're priced at. Yeah, so, and, and is that what, sorry, does that take in players who have had a price reduction for only playing a few games? Well, that's, that, the, that's what the prices are set at this year. Every point, I think it's worth $10,523 or something. So if you, if, if you times, um, if you divide their price by that number, it will give you what they're priced at for this season. Yeah, but that wouldn't take in the reduction for blokes who played, like Josh Hodgson who played one game. But it tells you what their price, what, yeah, what, right. their, what average they're priced at. Yeah. So, so it can give you an indication of where they can go, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, anyway, well, well, that's how I worked it out, and I've got the exact same numbers at you. Turbo, five hundred and seventy-seven k, priced at a fifty-five yeah. average, but averaged. Uh, where is it? Sixty-one One. in twenty twenty-two. Yeah. Fifty-five average. <laughs> it's so cheap. Yeah, that's half time. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. That's that's like, that's like for him that could be three sets. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest. Which is insane. Uh, now, mate, talking of Kalen Ponga, one guy that I've been sent in a few teams, which I, I can't quite 
grasp what the thinking is here. Lockie Miller is rumoured to join the Newcastle Knights to play fullback. I think you'll see that over the next week or two. Um, mate, he's almost 600K. He's another guy. He's priced at an average of 56. He averaged 63 in 2022. Um, in the games that he played fullback, there wasn't a stack of them. He averaged 66 in a Sharks team that was a top four side. Going to Newcastle with KP, I think he. I think it'll be a similar situation to Latrell Mitchell at South Sydney. I think he will collect all the attacking stats in this side. I think that people are having a big punt going Lockie Miller at 600k, not knowing his role coming into a new team with a completely new spine. Yeah, I think it's madness. And let's have a look at the the six teams that he played last season to get that average of 63 in a Sharks outfit who. Had a really good draw last season. Were flying. Played the Titans in round eleven. He then came in for the final five rounds of the season between fullback and wing. He played the Dragons, Tigers, Manly, post Jersey Gate. Who when that like they'd shit the bed by that point. Bulldogs yep. and Knights. Like essentially the easiest games you could have got that season. Two of his better scoring games were on the wing for scores of seventy nine and sixty nine. At fullback scores of what do you have eighty eight. 30, 82, so I just I I think it's very much inflated by the opposition that he played, playing a good team. He comes to the Knights who struggled last season. <laughs> Big gamble at that price. Huge not, gamble. not for me. Yeah. Uh, now I've just I've got another question from another listener. Uh, left field shouts at fullback. Is Param uh, for anyone else worth a look in as a backup? That one comes from Oscar Riley. Thank you, Oscar, for sending that in. Um, I guess we'll just take this off the dome, and I think more experienced Supercoach players would have assumed this, but for those new to the game, um, guys that are dual position fullback CTW, for example, mm. if you can fit them in and they've got CTW, you put them in CTW every fucking day yeah. of the week. Yeah, there's too many good like straight fullback options to go for, and the scoring from fullbacks is just so much, so much better in your centre position. The centre position's so volatile. Fullbacks, far more assured comparatively speaking. So if you can slot them into your, your seated up, particularly cheap. If we're both starting with premium fullbacks, well, if you can get like maybe Hayes Perham or Chancellor Clockstad, whoever it might be at centre, uh, that's the play. Yeah. And so Hayes Perham, we'll talk about him when we get to CTWs, but just to touch on him quickly, like he's 390K, so he's almost 400K, mm. uh, which isn't as scary as what it was last year. The prices have changed a little bit. That's still a 35-point average. Um, you have a look at his 80-minute games from last year. He had a base state a base state average of 19. So... Um, We'll talk about him more when we get there, playing fullback. We don't quite know what that's going to look like. Uh, but I, mean, I personally think there's a number of guys available at CTW that are playing fullback this year that people are getting very excited about that I'm a little bit nervous of. Hamiso comes to mind. Charlie Staines comes to mind. Chance comes to mind. I don't think they're going to be these 55, 60-point fullbacks that people are assuming. Going from gun teams to lesser Tyrell teams. Sloan could be the mascot of this group. <laughs> Going from gun teams to lesser teams, it's like, well, sweet, you're playing 80, 80 minutes at fullback. It doesn't mean you're going to score points. So, yeah, I'm with you. There's, there's a lot of traps around that position. Mate, is there any other fullbacks there? Uh, Dylan Edwards is one that we haven't mentioned just yet. I've seen a lot of people are keen on Edwards. Um, you had a stat before about his last 10 yeah, weeks or so? so in his final 11 games last season, he averaged 76 points and didn't score mm. under 60. Wow. Pretty good reading. So, look, 
again, he's playing a Penrith side that have just come off two premierships and hardly lost a game. Uh, I'll say this nearly every episode leading into the preseason, but where's your value to start the year? Who's going to make money? Does Dylan Edwards increase on that average this season? Probably not. If he does, might be three or four points worth at best. So, nah. Yeah. And I was, I was just saying to Tim before pre-show, like you look at those last 11 weeks, some of them were during the origin period when all the boys were away. He was there. I mean, there was that game against Canberra where he just really took control. That was one of those 11. He then got to the last five weeks, and I think it was Luai and Cleary. They were both out for X amount of weeks. So um, I don't think Dylan Edwards is ever a bad option. And it didn't shock me that one of those stats was didn't fall under 60. I don't think you'll ever go sub 50, 55. Uh, but I just think there are so many premium options in, in fullback that you should be looking elsewhere. Yeah, the, the only other one was... And I won't be starting, or I don't think I'll be starting. He'll come out and kill the trials. I'll get excited. But uh, if Reese Walsh was kicking goals... <laughs> I knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah. Reece, I, I just think he's so good, mate. That, mate, to, to be fair, there's actually a lot of questions about Reese Walsh. Mm. So I think you've uh, you've wet the whistle. He's 550k, and, and I yeah. suppose he, he obviously loses the goal kicking to Adam Reynolds. If the Broncos weren't a basket case, and I, and I was sort of... They'd had a smooth sailing off-season. I was confident they'd come in and start the season well. I'd be genuinely tempted because I think he'll kill it. But with the off-field noise at that club, Walsh coming into a new team, although albeit knows the surroundings, but there's just enough question marks and red flags to not do it. You might get the annual uh, groin injury from Adam Reynolds to start the season that maybe gets him goal-kicking, but still all Yeah, and, and that's like, it could easily happen. So if that does occur... I will be very tempted. Mm. But then, how many points a game do the Broncos lose when they lose Adam Reynolds? Yep, just exactly. getting around the park. So Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I think that, that just about does us for fullbacks, mate. All good, mate. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's dive into... Your favourite position, mate. Hookers, yes. Saturday night specials. Um, mate, we spoke last week. You're very heavy on Harry Grant being close to a must-have guy or a guy that, you know, you're going to want him at some point. Uh, he is the best hooker in Supercoach. There's no doubt about that. Uh, there was a stat floating around last week about his average with and without Pappy that was pretty damning. Whether Pappy plays or not remains to be seen. Uh, it's not looking great at the moment. We actually didn't mention him in fullbacks, but I just, you know, we'll, we'll talk about him when he's back on the field. Even if he is back on the field in round one mm. at a fucking billion, no thank you. Yeah, I think he's the top price player in Supercoach yeah. and doesn't have a kneecap at the moment essentially so yeah it's a tough gig hasn't run yet so uh but yeah harry grant uh is obviously a keeper uh this year there's no brandon smith floating around you would have to assume that he is going to play huge minutes i think he'll play 80 minutes 100 percent to start the season as we said off the top i wouldn't be surprised if after origin if maybe they ease him off a little bit bring in a Pazette, a wishart one of these guys mm. nick arima maybe just because it's a huge 12 months for harry grant uh it is obviously becoming a trend in rugby league that your hookers don't play 80 minutes. There's only a couple of 80-minute players left. I reckon there'll be even less at the end of this season, so we'll talk about them. But Harry Grant, you have to spend a bit of coin on him. 816K, priced at a 78-point average based on last year. You're still locked in? Yeah, locked and loaded, mate. A uh, few stats around him. The big one with Harry Grant is he'll often be eased through the origin period for obvious reasons. So I did the stats around his start to last season up until... Two games before Origin and two games after the Origin period. He started last year and in seven games averaged 95 points. In the final, what was it? He finished the season, the final five games of the season with an 81-point average. In and around that Origin period, so from two games before 
to two games after, in seven games, he averaged 57 points. Mm. There are a few fewer minutes in there. Not a lot. Like, he played decent enough minutes throughout that period, but there are a few sort of 60-minute games where he got an early breather. So 57 points around that. So essentially, I think he can average anywhere from, well, 80 to 100 to start the season. <clears throat> My only concern with Harry Grant is how good is this forward pack going to be? Do they not get the momentum? Do they, are they slower through the guts? If he doesn't get the quick play of the balls, how effective can he be? That being said, their forward pack wasn't that good last year, particularly their middles. Like They lose Kafusi and Bromwich on the edges, but they... Their middles haven't really changed. Well, for me... Cheese gone. Cheese is a yeah. huge one. Now, I said before, no cheese, that's great for Grant. No cheese is also a fucking disaster for yeah. Grant as well when because you watch Melbourne Storm, how they play. As soon as he takes a hit up, the entire spine just floods the yeah, middle and goes you. with Grant. And that's where he creates so many attacking points. I look at that forward pack. Yes, it wasn't great last year, but... We both know the impact a player like Cheese has when he plays yep. through the middle. I look at their side now and I, I look at it and I go, okay, who's the guy that Harry Grant's going to get off the back of his play the balls? No one's really standing out to me, to be honest with you. Sort of Nass. But even Nass is a big body, but he's fucking slow play the ball. Yeah. Takes him a week to play the football. And, <laughs> and he's also a 45-minute player. Yeah. So that's – and I, I think that Nass is going to be incredibly important to this side. Yeah. I think that you'll see a bit of a bit more um, second phase footy from the Melbourne. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them make more errors this year because they're, they're going to have to create a little bit more. That's my only worry with Harry Grant that no Brandon Smith. And if something happens that Nas get like, uh, like we need to remember, Nas dodged about eighteen fucking suspensions yeah. last year, and I have no idea how he had about nine lives. Yeah. If they lose Nas, I love Christian Welsh, but he's coming back from an Achilles injury. Mm. We don't know the sort of guy he's going to be, and he's more of your old school front rower. That's my only worry with Harry Grant, but I also think that he is good enough to overcome yeah. those challenges. It's interesting. It's a good point you make. Do they, to alleviate the, the loss of Brandon Smith and this probably some issues around the middles, do they do that? Do, do they look to offload more and create the second phase to bring Munster and Hughes into the game? And, you know, Harry Grant, that is where they will get quick play the balls. Harry Grant off the back of that. So interesting if they do change up the style and it makes sense to me, mate. And yeah, that's the risk. Do they get these quick play balls for Harry Grant? And as you said, I think he's good enough to do damage, even if they are a bit slow through the guts. But, yeah, look, I'm happy to lock him in. He's so good. Yeah, fair shout. I, I often look at Guru as, as a judge of... And there, there's no metric to this. Stat Guru's out that'll hate it. But when I'm looking at trades, who are players that you're scared to not own? Yeah. And, and when you're watching them, it, like... For whatever reason, I think it's such a good measure of a, of a trade in or out target. And Harry Grant's right up there. Like, not owning him, he, he's just terrifying. Mate, so. I, I, I've got a list of 10, 12, 13 hookers here. There's one that scares me. Yeah. There is only one that scares me, and it's Harry Grant. Yeah. If, I, if I had any of the other hookers and I was playing any of the other hookers, good as gold. I'm fine. And what kills you in Supercoach, it's in the modern day of Supercoach with his big blowout scores, the big 150-plus scores, it's the players with these ceilings. And you've got to have to chase these guys with ceilings. And Harry Grant in that hooker position, you know, he's probably the only one that you're like, well, he can probably go 130, 140-plus on his day. Yeah. And I think that's also like when I talk Harry Grant, like for me, 
coming up against him, I think it's almost scarier than when you used to come up against Cam Smith. Mm. Cam Smith will get 70, 80. You know, yeah, you know what he's going to get every week. He yeah. won't go for those 140s. But Harry Grant, he can score 100 in, in, in three or four yeah. sets. If yeah. they're on the front foot and they're winning the ruck. With just shit tries from dummy half. Yeah, awful. Yeah, just getting on the front foot. So Harry Grant, um, obviously the best hooker in Supercoach. I think that we will all own him at some point, whether you start with him or you work your way up there, whatever works for you. Now, we mentioned with Harry Grant, Brandon Smith arriving at the Sydney Roosters, uh, 478K, priced at a 45 average, cheap as chips for a guy like Brandon Smith. Arrives at the Chooks. Um, we don't know what his role is going to look like. I'm confident in saying he won't be an 80-minute hooker. Very mm. confident in that. Um, I think he's going to average about 55 to 60 minutes. Do you yep. think that's fair? Yep, I, I would say similar. Probably... Probably close to 60, but I think 55 to 60 and average 49 minutes last year. So there's a, an immediate bump up. And I mean, we have a look at that rule that they brought in. If, if, if we've read that correctly, which I still, it sounds so stupid that I can't believe it sometimes. Mm. He is a guy that in the early weeks, oh, he could score the feet a on thousand tries. The, the two feet on the line. Um, I, I, I oh. I've got him in my side. I've gone with an, an, another cheapies we spoke about last week, but I just think Brandon Smith. You're obviously too scared to have Harry Grant. I'm also a little bit too scared not to have Brandon Smith. Not in the same category, but if he goes on one of those try-scoring runs at sub 500k, which at the Roosters v the Dolphins week one with that rule, we've spoken before about how the Roosters are going to attack this season and yep. why cheese doesn't make a lot of sense just with all the attacking weapons. And how they're probably more suited to a Sam Verrills who just gives early ball to Manu, Teddy, Walker, Kiri. And we've spoken how do they just play knock them down through the middle with Cheese leading the charge through the guts. Then they just feed off, feast off the back of that. If that is what they're doing and they just demolish sides, namely the Dolphins round one, like as I said, he could feast. And with that, both feet on the line, I can see them changing it before the season starts, when the preseason rolls out. But if it doesn't, round one, Dolphins and blokes are expected to have both feet behind the line with Cheese darting at their knees. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so. Uh, I think... So he averaged in 2021 as a nine, 68 points in 60 minutes. There was 11 tries in that, so probably inflated. In that 2021 season, there was obviously Harry Grant there as well. It was obviously a dual sort of lock hooker role, was it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's when you look at that number, that's obviously a little bit uh, skewed. So I probably don't take too much into that one. Yeah, I, I'm again just as you said, scared not to own. And you look at even playing a bit of lock in that time. Well, he could play a similar role with Jake Turpin on the bench at the Roosters playing lock. So that dual hooker lock role. Yeah. The Roosters, as I said, they're going to be so good this year. I think they will be. Why can't he score a shitload of tries again? I, I definitely think that he can, mate, 100%. And, mate, I, I reckon he can score a shitload of tries even if he's not a hooker. Yeah. In that side, realistically. Uh, and I think that's the other thing that worries me about Cheese, about him playing hooker, is that when it was Connor Watson, he's not really a nine. Now they've got a Turpin in the side where you would assume Turpin's going to be in that role. If they go for a Drew Hutchinson, that changes everything, but I'm pretty confident it'll be Turpin. That worries me a little bit more for his minutes. Um, mate, Damien Cook... I sort of sat there at the end of last year going, oh, Cook was a little bit disappointing. You know, did, wasn't the full-time nine for New South Wales anymore, lost his kangaroos mm. jersey. You sit down, you look at his stats. He finished with a 75 average last year. I yeah, think three it. behind 
Harry Grant, very impressive. So he is priced pretty high. Uh, I went through some stats last night to have a look, essentially from when Latrell Mitchell returned, the last 10 weeks of last season. He averaged 80 points. So one of my dot points was he's aging. Then I went down and did those numbers and thought, is he? Yeah. 80 points to finish last season, pretty impressive. Fit as a fiddle, the little rabbit, isn't he? Uh, 75 average last season, the two seasons prior, 66 and 70. Another one where that draw, huge deterrent. Uh, so obviously last year was comfortably his highest average in a while. I think 75 to 80 max. Mm. Man, my throat is gone. <laughs> no, nah, I'll be back. Um, I think 80, like absolute max. So yeah. I just don't see any value in him. Like even Grant. I can see him averaging five to ten more than he's averaging, and I'm more confident of Grant matching last year's average than I am Damian Cook, and such a tough draw. And I just think at any given moment, as, as much as I love Damian Cook and South, South Sydney love him, I think with Harry Grant, he's the only nine there. I look at South Sydney, <laughs> Havili's still floating around, Mamazellis is meant to be the next thing. Um, fuck, for an extra 25k, just buy Grant. It, it will be interesting if during the origin period, if, for example, a Reese Robson manages to get his way into this New South Wales side um, and, and Harry Grant's obviously playing origin, Damien Cook could become very interesting during that period. Big time, yeah. Very much so. so. Damien Cook's a bloke, I mean, this is sort of not a surprise to say, but that I can see being as my pairing hooker to Harry Grant for yep. the, the long term of the season, particularly getting through the origin period. But I'm happy... I'm happy to wait on him yep. and, and wait till either he drops or I can a, a cow's fattened up that I can move up to him. Yep, no, I agree. Um, let's move to <laughs> Reese Robson. Mm, a lot of hype around the A lot of hype about Reese yeah. Robson. Um, 678K priced at a 65 average from last season uh, when he played 80-minute games. He averaged 70 points, so credit to him. Um, and, mate, oh, I had a look. Even, you know, he had that try-scoring run where he scored, you know, six tries, seven weeks, five tries, six weeks, something along those lines. Um, I had a look after that, mate. After that try-scoring and run, in the eight games after that, he only scored two tries. Still averaged um, 68 points. So, I mean, the numbers are there. I just, I don't know, there's something about Robson that I, I just can't put him in that same sort of category as... Your Cooks, your Grants, these sort of guys. I think that there's other guys that are cheaper than Robson that you can make more money on if that's your objective. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's one of those – I. It, it's more of a gut call for me mm. not to go Robson. What are your thoughts? I'm pretty similar to you, mate. He, The numbers are hard to argue with. And I, I was the exact same. I thought, you know, he'll be inflated this year due to that try scoring run. But then I went back and crunched the numbers and – in 11 games where he played 80 minutes and didn't score a try, he still averaged 61. Yep. So it's like, well, he doesn't necessarily need to score. You look at the Cowboys' draw early on. Why can't he keep scoring tries through that period if the Cowboys hit their straps again? A few concerns, I suppose. Five of the first six games for the Cowboys are in Queensland. Good thing on one hand. On the other hand, as you mentioned earlier, hot. Three of those games are at 530 so it's still going to be hot at that time. Yep. Um, last year in his first seven games, he averaged 48 points in 64 minutes. So, yeah, if he goes back to 80 to start the year, there'll be an up, uptick on that. But how significant? Um, I don't know. I, I'm just, I feel comfortable running Grant 
and Cheese at this stage. So I'm happy to bypass him. But with the draw in particular, there's no reason why I'd say he could be an early season pod, but there's a lot of talk around him. So he might start pretty popular. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll be in pop cate- pod category. A lot of people mm. very keen on him, mate. A lot of people swearing by him as well. Yeah, I, so. I don't really get it. I, I'd prefer... If Grant hits the skids first two rounds and, and for all those reasons he's not getting the opportunity behind the Melbourne pack and, he's, and and Robson kills it, I'm happy enough to go Grant down to Robson and free up some cash for other trades. Uh, and then if as if it all goes to plan and he Grant does kill it, Cheese starts well enough, upgrade Cheese to Robson round seven, eight sort of thing. Yeah. You know, it, like Cheese will be a borderline keeper at Hooker, I think, but I see the Cheese to either Robson or Cook trade about round six seven happening yeah yeah for sure um and i guess the other thing with, with robson is that i generally do think he's a chance to come into this origin side you got harry grant who uh, you got uh damien cook who just lost his kangaroos turns you got appy moving to the tigers they didn't win last year mm. wouldn't be surprised to see freddie make a change there mm. which wouldn't shock me yeah. um mate, another guy i've got written down here i'm very high on him i don't think i'll start with him now because other uh things have presented themselves but Jaden braley Mate, I, I really don't think they're... I, I would seriously be considering Jaden Braley over Robson. You save 80 grand. He's priced at a 58 average from last season where it took him eight weeks. It, it, I think he played eight games. It took him three games to get his match fitness. Yeah. From In those last five games, he averaged 70. I mean, uh, he's got a full preseason now. Pretty confident he'll be an 80-minute hooker. I think Kurt Mann will be their utility. I think he'll sub on for Adam Elliott, play a bit of 13 like he did last year. I think if, if you're looking for someone other than those big guns, sort of a mid-range sort of guy, I reckon people are sleeping on Braley um, over Robson. Priced on a 58-point average, you said? Yep. I just don't see any upside in Jaden Braley, mm. which I obviously it's there in Harry Grant. There's upside in Reese Robson. There's upside in Damian Cook. Now, I know the argument is that Braley's a lot cheaper and he's that middle tier. He just, I don't know, not a bit of a basket case. Uh with Ponger at five eight, how much is he got? How much this? So last season, he didn't really have halves to work with. Even mm. at the back end, when he came back and started running the ball a little bit more, he's now got KP and Jackson Hastings who are going to demand a lot of ball. Does he just dish early a lot to them? I think he probably does. I love him as a footballer. I just think he's more of that rock solid fifty five. I think he's priced around about his average. Maybe he bumps that fifty eight up to sixty five. Mm. But is that enough? To start with him, I don't think so. Yeah. I yeah, I, I I think he's been slapped on. As I said, there's been other options that have appeared and I'll be going them instead. It's funny but when you But yeah. but I rate Braley over Robson one hundred percent. How much more expensive is Robson? He's eighty K more expensive. I, I just I, I'm not like I, I think you saw the absolute peak of Robson last mm. year. I think you saw Braley without a preseason come back in a shit house team. And in his last five games, he, he averaged more points than Robson. He averaged five more points than Robson throughout the season, playing in mm. a top-four side. Yeah, I'm, I'd am i prefer Robson. Um, I can see in your head, like I can see your mind ticking over. Last year, if I said something to you with uh, your poor supercoach credentials, you'd be like, all right, I'll just listen to him and follow him. And it, <laughs> and it led you to a good season. This year, I can just see you going, fuck you. Like, I'm I'm... If you say something, I'm going to do the opposite just to piss you off. Like, I finished higher than you last year. I can see that going through your mind. Fuck, I'm already in your head, mate. Good God. <laughs> um, mate, let's have a I'm look. I'm not in your head, and that's a good thing. <laughs> let's have a look at uh, Reid Marnie. He moves clubs. He's arriving at the Canterbury Bulldogs. 
uh, priced at a 55 average based on last season, 574K. Um, I don't know. He's got less dominant halves now, which I've heard the argument from people. Uh, we don't know his exact minutes. Mate, his last five weeks of 2022, he averaged 38 points. Mm. Um, so, mate, mate, maybe he's a little bit cheaper than what he should be, but I just... I think this whole team is centered is centered around getting Matty Burton the ball. Reed Marty, I I can't do it. I I won't be doing it, but like I'd go Marnie over Brayley. Like I, I I just think so highly of Reed Marnie as a footballer. He's got that huge base. Well, he's got a good base, I should say. What was he? Yeah, it was. Oh, sorry, that's it. Was okay last year. His base goes up and down. Yeah, it does go up and down. Yeah, He's, but yeah, I see him coming out for the dogs this year and making forty tackles a game. And then the one you touched on there was that. Well, you said less dominant halves. Maybe the game plan would be around getting Burton early ball, but I don't think it'll be getting Kyle Flanagan early ball at Para. He had Dylan Brown and Mitch mm. Moses. He had to get ball to. So I can see him taking on more this season in attack for them and running the ball a lot. So, yeah, I, look, I said I won't be starting with him, but he's a guy with a bit of upside. He's got a big score in him, and I don't think he's the worst pod. Yeah, I'm just not convinced on his minutes. And obviously, the you know when we get to round one and we see their team, I have a better idea. But I just you don't think he'll play eighty? I'm not sure if he will, mate. You look at last year. Like I was watching Jeremy Marshall King, and like he had a really good season, and it would get to the 60th minute, and he'd be going fine. He'd be and like he'd walk off the field. He wasn't puffed or anything, and they take him off every single week. I know they're at different classes, but I just wonder if Canterbury are. I'm hearing that Josh Reynolds has a really good chance that he could be in this side. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some time at nine there. Okay, I I, I think they'll go for the more impact of Reed Marnie rather than playing for 80. But I can play 80. Yeah, I don't know, mate. He fucking, I think he's shown that throughout a season he can't handle 80. His output drops massively. Mm. Yeah. That's my worry. Yeah. But anyway, we'll see. Anyway, but... Yeah, I don't want him <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, we're arguing over nothing here. Uh, one guy that I think is interesting and that a lot of people are very keen on, Aaron Clark. Um, dual position, have him at hooker people or 2RF. I've eased off. I was very high on him last year, but when I had a, I, I think I like him more as a footballer than a super coach player. I've worked yeah. out, yeah. <laughs> which may or may not have been exactly what you said last year. But anyway, <laughs> forty-seven average. Um, I had a look at his four weeks where he played thirteen towards the back end of the season, fifty-nine average, which is fantastic. He played just about the same minutes in all those weeks, and he went 84, 74, 46, mm. 35. Obviously, he didn't have a preseason as a 13. He is going to this year, so those things will change. But that's a bit of a red flag to me. Yeah. It'd just be, as you said, it's just a big gamble to play yeah. off. And I just don't trust a thing that the Titans are going to do. Like I just said, and Holbrook up there, they said they've gone early on what their spine's going to be. Is that going to change? They went early on saying the role for Clark last year. I just... I need to see what's going to happen with that club for the first three to five rounds. Um, so their entire team, probably outside of Dave Feeder, I think it's just going to be a watch for me. And I also look back to last year and I go, fuck, when he was at 13, he looked really good. That team was a shambles and they were begging for someone to take any form of control whatsoever. <laughs> you got Foz in there now. I just, I don't know. You've got Brimo. You've, you've got a few Campbell in there. You've got Tanner Boyd, who's reportedly mm. going to be there. I just, I wonder if there's going to be enough points around for Aaron yeah. Clark to... 
There's potential, sure. Potential, 100%. Just, just, it's a big gamble. Yeah. Um, speaking of Titans, let's go to his teammate, Tanner Boyd. Um, mm. Peter Bedell reported the other day that he will be the halfback. Holbrook has come out and said that he will not be. They, of course, haven't picked their side. That would be outrageous, but kind of <laughs> did that last year. So I question that, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't know. I, I find it... I'm leaning towards he probably will be the halfback, I think. I think that Fafita will be on his edge. If he is named at seven, uh, he's priced at a 37 average based on last year. Look at his last five games of last year. He had a 60-point average. Uh, I've spoken about this on a few shows we've already done. Granted, his run last year. Have you got it in front of you? Yep. Any chance? It was pretty easy if you can go through those games, Jimmy. So last, yeah, he had 35 against the Storm round 21, then went... Manly, Dragons, Knights, Warriors. So it was a soft draw to finish. For sinking ships. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my only question mark, but I do really like Tanner Boyd. Um, yeah, in I, that run, he didn't really put points on anyone good except the Raiders, 88 points. And yeah, he had a, I think it was a try. Oh, no, it was a, yeah, man, we might have had a try in there. Yeah, I, I don't, I think he had a try and a field goal in the last game is what it was. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I, mate, at 384K, halfback hooker, I don't mind it. If he was 500K, I'm not, it's, it's price that has me interested. Mm. Um, and as I said before, we can pick the argument apart of combinations again. If I'm going to have Fafita, I don't mind taking the punt on mm. Tanner Boyd there at hooker. Yeah, I can see the appeal. Um, playing against that, the, the argument is that. Is he there in round two, in round three, in round four? Like, how quickly do they flip if they lose games? The first two games of the year we touched on earlier, but the Tigers and Dragons, it's not, they're nice games, but, you know, they'll be up for it defensively early on. So, look, there's a lot of boxes ticked. Yeah. But there's just something there. I don't know what it is that says trap, trap, trap. But, as you said, a dual goal quicking. I'm, I'm at this stage, very set on my hookers of Smith and Grant. And then at half, I'm like... Do I, I'm not going to sit Cleary. It'd probably be at this stage sitting um, Nico for him. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be sitting one of my halves. I'm considering sitting Grant for him. Yeah. And trying to make that up there. Uh, but he, I, I think he, he's a classic, very close watch in trials. Yeah, big time. See how they're shaping up. Um, I'm not putting a line through him, but at this stage, it's a no. Yeah. Uh, mate, what about um, what about these two Penrith hookers? So we've got Mitch Kenny and Sonny Luke. Uh, Mitch Kenny coming in at 310k, uh, Sonny Luke 234k. So both very cheap. Mitch Kenny's at a 30-point average. Um, I I see a lot of people very keen on Mitch Kenny, and I guess it comes down to what your mindset is about his role. Personally, I think his role will be almost exactly the same as what we saw last season. He'll start at hooker for the first 25, mm. 30 minutes, take the punch out of it. I think you'll see Sonny Luke come onto the field, and then I think Mitch Kenny will jump back on playing a bit of a... 13 middle sort of role. Um, I went through his numbers. Well, let, let me ask you this first, actually. How many minutes do you think Mitch Kenny will play next year? What, what, what have you got in your mind? Yeah, similar. I think... I think he plays the first 25. Yep. I'm thinking out loud here. And then I think Sonny Luke comes on and probably plays... Finishes the first half at hooker. Kenny's off. Probably the first 20 of the second half, and then I think Kenny probably comes on for the last 20. 
So I'd be looking at maybe 45 to 50. Maybe he plays an extra 5, 10 there in the middle rotation. So, yeah, I, I would, I'd probably say 45 to 50. His average last year when he played 40 to 60 minutes was 36. Yeah. I don't, I don't get the height. No. I also think with Sonny Luke, and I made this mistake a couple of weeks ago, I think people are looking at Sonny Luke and going, oh, he's this kid that's coming in, they'll ease him in. He's 26 years old. Right, there you go. He has played a lot of reserve grade footy. He's not this teenager that they're bringing in that they're going to... He's played a lot of footy. The opportunity just hasn't been there at Penrith. He's physically prepared. He's physically prepared, yeah. yeah. So I don't think it'll be... I, I personally think when he comes on, he'll play the rest of the game. Yeah. And I reckon they'll bring... As you said, bring Mitch Kenny on last 2025, but I think they'll bring him on yeah. as a forward. So... Um, you have a look. He's got no creative stats in him. He's got no upside, realistically. You saw when he was starting in those games last year, let's be honest here, Penrith's attack was clunky in the first 25 minutes, but they just wanted to get through that first 25 minutes and keep Appy fit. I think it'll be the exact same game plan. I reckon those that are going Mitch Kenny, <laughs> I reckon you could make less than 100K yeah. over 10 weeks here. Yeah, I won't... The only reason I'd consider him is if he was... Named at hooker and there was no Sonny yeah. Luke on the bench. Yes. Even then, I'd still be like, something doesn't add up. Doesn't add up. Doesn't add up. Sonny Luke's so good. So yes. yeah, he's a he's a no for me for now. And I, I thought it was pretty. As I said, Penrith looked clunky last year when he started the nine. I personally think you could see a bit of frustration between Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary in those big games when he was there. So I can't see him playing huge minutes there. And even then, it's like he's on it based on a 29-point average. Cheese is a 45-point average. It's not that much more. Yeah. Knocked down 100K. We're looking at Sonny Luke at 234K. Um, that is at a 22 average. I think he plays about 50 minutes. That would be my guess. Uh, whether he plays that week one or whatever, I'm very confident by round four or five he's playing 50 minutes. Could be more, but I reckon I'd have it about that 50 minutes mark. Mm. Um, he's got huge upside in attack. 234K is cheap as chips. I just worry that with Appy gone, I think they might just try and simplify his job a little bit. Mm. Just get the ball to Cleary and to Luai. So I know he's got attacking upside and he's a fantastic ball runner. I question how much we're going to see of it and how much do you have to see of it in 50 minutes mm. to buy him. I can see him already being one of them ones that just gets away from us because yep. he'll come on and he might start in 30 minutes, then he might go to 40 and then 50 and he might build his way up to 60 or 70. But by that time, by the time that happens, he'll just be this slow-burning cow who before you know it, he's just crept his way to 350 to 400K and then just as he gets the 60 to 65 minutes needed to buy, you're like... Well, now he's 350, 400K. I'm like, he's gone. Yeah, he's gone, but he hasn't really hurt me. Yeah. I've been, yeah. I, I think you'll be able to make more money elsewhere yeah, in yeah. that time. So the two Penrith nines, I, I, I'm I, not even considering yeah. either of them. Well, as you said, if only one of them is named round one or whatever, different conversation. If one of them goes down injured preseason, sweet. The beauty of the Penrith Panthers, we said this last week, and I'm very excited to watch these two hookers and the role they play. They play a World Club Challenge which is proper True. rules, yep. 17 players, 10 interchanges. You'll get to see how they're going to the run. Plan. That's, yeah. that's massive, isn't it? It's huge. It's fucking huge. And yeah. I think there'll be a lot of people that will be uh, taking Mitch Kenny out of the side yeah. after that. And personally. alternatively, if one does go down injured, the other one probably becomes the hottest player in Supercoach for round one. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. If it's Sonny Luke, I sort of think it's Mitch yeah. Kenny. But uh, they have got other young hookers there who are in this Sonny Luke sort of mould. Yeah. I just don't think Mitch Kenny's ever going to be 
a super yeah. relevant guy, yeah. personally. Uh, we have got a couple of questions. The first one comes from Max V. Josh Hodgson to get 80 minutes. Uh, saw a picture of Josh Hodgson the other oh. day. Looks like he's been eating dumbbells for fucking breakfast for the last few months. He looks like a monster. Little Ryan Madison Jr. Obviously a big fan of him. Oh, of course. Uh, as a bloke, yeah. Oh, as a bloke. What he's done for the Raiders over the years. So there'll always be a soft spot in my heart for Hodjo. Yeah. Look, I've, I've had a look at him for sure. He's priced on a 36-point average. The thing is, you, you sort of think... He's never actually been that good at Supercoach. You think with all these attacking stats and that role he played at the Raiders where he was he was the playmaker, he was the creator in the side for like his whole time in the NRL at that club. He averaged 63, that was all the way back in 2018. After that, 54 in 2019, 42 2020, 52 in 2021. So, you know, he's, he's cheap, but he now goes to Parramatta where... He's coming off an ACL injury. He's, what, 33 years old or something? 34? Yep, 33. 33. I can just see him, especially early on, it'll just be get out there and just dish to Brown and Moses. He, he won't overplay his hand because he won't be allowed to like he did at the Raiders. Uh, and I, I just... Also, coming off an ACL injury at that age, does he play 80 minutes? Who would, who would be the 14 there that might take a few minutes off him? <laughs> Mitch Ryan. I think they'll want him to be an 80-minute hooker, and I'm, I think he will be, provided he comes back from the ACL, but it might take to around five or six to do that, in which case... Big ask. Is it? Why? He's oh, done his whole career. 33 coming off... Yeah, but he hasn't been 33 coming off an ACL his whole career. Yeah. He's played one game of footy in two years. It's... it's well, just under two years, but it's a yeah. I don't know. I I, I think it's a big ask for him to be eighty minutes. Um, I, I think he, as long as he comes back from the injury, okay. I think he will be, but as I said, I don't think it'll be till round you know five five yeah. earlier. So, but regardless, I just I don't have much upsides in in him anyway. So to know, and I also question like, if you wanted a guy to just pass the ball from the deck and get it to Mosley, why would you go for Hodgson? Sam Verrills was on the market. That's mm. that's the other thing. Like, I I just think that if you're going to have Josh Hodgson in your side. He's a very crafty ball player. I think you have got to utilise to some extent. And if so, I don't want to make him 55 tackles. He's never done that, yeah. But I, I get your argument. So he, like, he's, he's never had the base of big hookers, even as yeah. an 80-minute player. He's got his... But, 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 but if I'm playing Parramatta through the middle, I'm going at him all the fucking time. I want to tire him out. Yeah. And I just... Yeah, I, I, I just don't think you can... I, I don't know. I, I'm not convinced on him. I know the price is good, uh, but I... I don't think it'll be worth anyone's while. Another guy that's interesting and coming from one of the great uh, ats of all time, at Uppercut Your Dad, one of my favourites, <laughs> got a feature solely because of that. Appy, yes or no? Uh, not a guy I could consider. What are your thoughts? You could. Uh, no, not going from the best team in the competition to the Tigers who... <clears throat> squad looks great, roster's yep. good, but I just want to see it first. I want to see them, how they pan out. He's got... Like, that Penrith outfit was so in sync with everything they did. The Tigers are going to take time to hit their straps, if they do. Um, you know, Appy will play a big role. I, he will play... I suppose the upside is that he will play a more substantial role in attack than he did at Penrith. He'll run more, he'll create more, because he'll have, what, Brooks and Dewey. That, you know, he'll give enough ball, but he'll be looking to put, like, play make. So, he's just a big price... New club, 
Tigers. Does he have the cattle? Does he have the I cattle? mean, at the end of the day, we, we've seen him playing behind the best ruck in the comp for yeah. the last two or three years. So, yeah, I if you get him and he does well, mm. credit to you. you. Happy for you. Mm. Uh, not for me, though. Um, mate, is there any other hook? I mean, mate, when I have a look through the, this list of hookers, I mean, there's so many guys that I think are overpriced. Like, for example, um, a Blake Braley, he's coming off a career year. Mm. Uh, I don't think I, I could go near him at 600K. Jeremy Marshall King at 600K. Not a hope in hell. Um, Lachlan Croker is Lachlan Croker. Sam Verrills, I think he's a little bit overpriced. Yeah. I think he's a tremendous player. I love him. But super coach wise he's never been a great player. Wade Egan is Wade Egan. Mate, Chris Randall arrives at the Titans at almost 500K. <laughs> Jacob Little, even at, you know, even if he lands an 80-minute role for the Dragons, which I don't think he will, he's at 460K. New Brown's at 460K. Yeah. There's a lot of Tommy Starling. He's obviously a little bit higher than what he was last year. Um, and I, I think the other, the other thing with Appy as well, I think that Appy played his best football when he wasn't playing 80 minutes at the Panthers. Do the Tigers run with the Jake Simpkins? Do they maybe go with two hookers? Possibly. It wouldn't surprise maybe, me. Yeah. They've probably got the pack that they can afford to. Mm. So uh, there's just, there is no one else really jumping out of me. Turpin at sub 300, if he, if it works out that the Roosters maybe play him at, you know, 50 minutes at hookup, I'll look at him, but even then, I don't yeah. think that'll be enough for him. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if my round one hooking combination changes Yeah, between now and then. The only other one that I think could be interesting as a little cheapy, um, and look, he has had so much potential for so long, but he's been injury-fucked year on year on year. Nathaniel Roach arriving at the Manly Seagulls. If he finally fulfills his mm. potential at 216K, maybe, but it's the longest of longest shots. Jags a starting spot. Yeah. Mate, but I, I, I think maybe he, he could get a bench spot, potentially. Yeah. But I'm not confident in that either. That's so it. Maybe further down the track, Blake Moser, one of your boys. Ray yep. Stone's dual second row. So I think anyone starting with him will be doing so in the second row. So, yeah, I think, I think we've touched on all the main ones there, mate. Yeah, if something does happen to Jaden Braley, um, you know, it'll be the biggest talking point of the week. But Jaden Beryl will come into that side and he will be an absolute must-have. Uh, but I don't see him getting into the side. And that's the, the beauty of preseason, injury. isn't it, mate? Any injuries throughout the pre well, not any, there will be a lot of injuries during the preseason. We know it, and some of these blokes will just go whack to the top of the priority yeah. list. And he's a, if, if something was to happen to Braley, and you could bring Beryl in, Ugh. I'd be telling you to down, downgrade Grant. Exactly. Because you make 400K yeah, yeah, yeah. off this guy. Yeah, and that's how, well, as I said, yeah, with injuries to come, that's, that's how quickly it changes. So much can change. Yeah, so yeah. Grant to Beryl. If he's an 80-minute hooker, 600K in the bank. Like, you you nearly have to do it. Yeah. Mate, anything else on hookers? Anyone else you want to touch on? All good, mate. I think it's uh, pretty comprehensive. Yeah, pretty comprehensive. Yeah. I think we're covered. Um, yeah, guys, as we said off the top, thank you to Blue Wealth Property. They make investing in property easy for you. So reach out to myself or Timmy or just contact Blue Wealth Property directly on their website or on social medias. Kempy's got his 50-hour sale, 50% off on the 1st of February. Uh, so be there to get stuck into that. We will be back tomorrow at 3 p.m. Another episode of Beers and Breakevens where we're going to be going through... Uh, what are we going through? We're going <laughs> through halfback half and five eight. Yes. So that'll be halfback five eight. And is that all we're doing? That was a Fatty Vorton special right there. I've shot a complete I've got it directly in front of you. We'll be going through halfback and five eight. That's all <laughs> we'll be doing. Yeah. Uh,
<laughs> so we'll see you tomorrow at 3 p.m. Also, make sure you go and follow uh, the Supercoach playbook or subscribe on social media. We'll uh, we'll make sure you're the first comment so people can come down and uh, slap subscribe. Good man, Guru. Star of the show. Enough. I know you don't believe me. I, <laughs> I, I, I do, thankfully, so it's okay. Uh, thank you, guys. We'll see you tomorrow at 3 p.m.